Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. day today because it is chilling in the state house we're the state politics podcast where we uh break things down here happening in kansas politics and the kansas state house um where all the lawmakers are meeting and passing laws and debating over controversial policies whatever what yeah 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 but we we, we chill down and make it informative for all of you oh my name is titus by the way and i'm andrew and we're both state government reporters here at the Topeka Capital Journal. Um, and today we have the chillest news imaginable. Yes, uh, regarding a certain person whose name, when you hear, evokes some calm, chill, soothing reactions from you. It's just such a such a such a smooth sounding name with such a smooth, you know, no, no smooth. It's just chill connotations, you know. Chris Kobach. Oh, wow, wow. Just say that again. Say it again, please. Chris Kobach. Oh, okay. That sounds kind of awkward. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's... Anyway, <laughs> moving on. He's back, folks. Yes, Kobach is back. You, you thought he may have went away, but no. He never He never goes away. It's yeah. a, a law of nature in Kansas politics. So, so why is he coming back? Yeah, so you might remember Chris Kobach from such hits as the 2018 governor's race and the 2020 U.S. Senate primary. But now he's back with his latest, greatest joint yet, a run for Kansas Attorney General. And for y'all folks, you know, who are probably not involved in Kansas politics too much or whatever, um, you know, the current state attorney general, Derek Smith, uh, he's running for governor this time around. So there's a vacancy that's that's kind of open if if he does win the governorship um well he he's gone he's down the road anyway so he's he's no matter what happens i think he's he's pieced out of, yep. of the ag's office and that's that's created this opening for i mean really chris Kovac is is going to be the first of many getting in this race but because of his shall we say controversial profile he is going to be by far the biggest uh, most well-known person running for this this seat you know i mean it really it's just if you if you read his wikipedia page it's just like it's a it's there's just so many i mean it's just like a greatest hits of i of think it's safe to say he's controversial in- policies and <laughs> and moments and no go, go ahead no i think it's safe to say he's, he is pretty much a national figure yes i mean given how 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 close he is with trump i mean a lot of people you know are trying to you know you know, tied himself to uh, Donald Trump and everything, how they're like, oh, we love his policy, whatever. But, I mean, Kobach himself, he, he literally worked with Trump. Right. He is the he is the OG at doing that. I mean, he was 
heading Trump's short-lived election integrity commission. You know, he was an early endorser of Trump uh, in February of 2016. There is, of course, all the all the things with the group, uh, the Build the Wall group that Kobach is a big supporter of, which Trump has since turned on after there were indictments of folks involved with that organization. You know, I mean, it, I was joking about this earlier, but it's serious. I didn't think we'd see the day where we'd get a Donald Trump endorsement in the Kansas Attorney General's race, but we're kind of on the precipice of that in some ways. There could be. I mean, Trump didn't really endorse Kobach, though, um, in the 2020 U.S. Senate race, I believe. Um, so there's always still the possibility of just Trump kind of, you know, keeping it out, keep, keep keeping 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 it out of 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 that. Well, that's true, and you know, he's got some other things to to handle in the meantime. And and it's actually interesting because. This isn't, you know, this is his third big run for office in the last few years. But overall, I think he is, Chris Kobach has had eight. uh, This is going to be his eighth run for office in Kansas. And, you know, I was talking with experts today, and that's pretty near unprecedented to have someone who's just like a perpetual candidate. And I think the interesting thing will be, is everyone just tapped out of Chris Kobach? Because it sure seems like, at least on the party institutional level, the Republican Party, that's the case. For voters, though, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, just recently, you know, the Kansas Chamber of Commerce, which represents, you know, supposedly all of Kansas businesses, you know, like, they're a pretty powerful political group. And something, and they're a group that a lot of Republicans, you know, in, in the Kansas establishment really, like, you know, pay attention to. And the fact that they even thought it was worth, you know, putting out a statement saying, hey, we have some concerns, concerns about Kobach being uh, an AG. I think that speaks a lot. And it doesn't do Kobach any favors. No. And I mean, it comes on the heel of the state GOP convention on Saturday in Manhattan. Uh, I spent the day hanging around at the lovely Hilton Garden Inn Hotel and Conference Center in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, it was rumored that Kobach was going to try and launch a bid for the GOP chairmanship from the floor of the convention. And this is all like really in the weeds, but like it just goes to show, I think there's not a ton of love lost between him and even in the establishment of the Kansas GOP. Um, you know, even though he, he wound up not doing anything with, you know, at the convention, he still has a fair number of supporters, you know, even in elected office, um, a sitting state senator is going to be helping out in the campaign. You know, at his launch event today, there were sitting state legislators there. You know, so he he clearly there is a base of support, but you know, he doesn't have as many friends as he might have. You know, several years ago, and and losing to Laura Kelly, I think in twenty eighteen, that's a bad look. That's a really bad look. Right. Yeah. And the fact that he just wasn't able to pull off a comeback two years later, I mean, it's you know. The, the goodwill has worn thin, I think. But, but I think, you know, his entrance... Well, I guess I'm, I most, you know, a lot of people on the left were like, okay, Kobach again. But, I mean, in terms of the political chances for Democrats, or the Democrat Party writ large, I think this is potentially some good news. At least it gives them more ammunition. Right. I mean, we saw in the 2020 U.S. Senate primary that Democrats were so optimistic at the idea of Chris Kobach being the nominee in that race that they were spending money in support of him <laughs> by attacking 
now U.S. Senator Roger Marshall. And yeah, I mean, I, I do think this is worth talking about a bit because I heard that sentiment, you know, it's not like it's a slam dunk he's going to win the nomination because we don't really know who is going to be else in the, who else is going to be in this field on the Republican side. And we don't even know who's going to be in the Democratic field at all. There are some names being tossed around, but, you know, it's still really early. But just the even the 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 shadow of Chris Kobach, you know, instantly has gotten Democrats a lot more engaged in this race. Um, I mean, you were you were sent, you, you sent me a tweet earlier today that that there is some talk um, among Democrats now. They're, they're like th- brainstorming candidates and trying to, you know, there's just there's a lot more interest than there probably was. I mean, we're talking about in 2018, Democrats had to disavow their own candidate <laughs> for attorney general. And you know, we've, we've come a long ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, All thanks to Chris. Yeah, it seems like he's, he's going to try again. Um, you know, and like you said, I do, th- even though, you know, <coughs> a lot of the quotes you might, y'all might see in, you know, the other media outlets that are not the Capitol Journal, you know, kind of portray Kobach as like, haha, laughing stock and like, Kind of you know wow it, it, it what, what he what he thinking what he seriously doing you might you might be getting that sentiment from the other media outlets but um, I do want to stress the fact what Andrew just said that he he does have a base and I think he will appeal to um, especially those more hardcore Kansas voters who I think you know I be, I think people underestimate how much they make of the population of Kansas especially Western Kansas I mean the fact that I think um, his treasure. Yeah, who uh, you know that was also recently kind of announced to um, Lord Tawater. Um, he, she's pretty. I, I think she's she's pretty well known, at least you know in terms of kind of the local level in in, in Western Kansas. Right, um, she's the first district GOP chair. She's chair, I believe, of the Fort County Republican Party. We uh, should say she was also in Washington on January sixth for the rally before the. Uh, Insurrection, which could be very appealing to to certain folks. Certain, I think honestly, a decent amount of candidates probably. Yeah, I mean, and um, I think you know she, and you know, well, I, th- I believe she, you guys should correct me on this, but I believe she's also in, heavily involved with the Wild West Women's Republican Club, who are very, 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 very avid supporters of President Donald Trump. Um, so I I do think that you know even even though she, he, she, he does have a lot of baggage there's, there's this Trumpian appeal and if 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 the state is becoming more and more Trumpian you know as kind of you could say maybe this conservative supermajority we have in the legislature might indicate the you know we'll see if if Kobach's, you know own personal controversies you know don't weigh him down weigh him down and that Trumpian appeal kind of pull through well to to kind of echo that I mean. It's way too soon, I think, to know much of anything in this race because, again, we don't know who the other candidates are. But you could envision and if there's a four or five candidate field on the Republican side, Kobach's name recognition is off the charts. I mean, like Titus said, he is probably the highest profile Kansas politician out there, period, full stop. True, yeah. More so than Sam Brownback, more so than Laura Kelly. Maybe not Pompeo, though, but yeah. Well, true, yeah. Pompeo is kind of in a whole class of his own, but, you know... In a four or five person race, I mean that's basically how he won the nominee for in the governor's race in 2018, and you could kind of see a repeat of that. Potentially, there's a path there. I do think you know his brand has taken hits because he's taken losses <laughs> in that time frame, which is baggage he didn't have in 2018. And you know, at the end of the day, when Republicans are concerned about not just 
winning, you know, making sure that the statewide office stays in Republican hands, but they're also worried about ensuring that whoever wins the governor's nomination is in the best possible position to beat Laura Kelly. Whoever they nominate in the third congressional district is in the best possible place to beat Sharice Davids, the lone Democrat in Kansas's congressional delegation. You don't really want Chris Kobach hovering around all that. You know, and and I think the chamber's statement today indicates that they are going to be willing to make some efforts to ensure that isn't the case. So who else is potentially running? Yeah, that's kind of the $100 million question. Um, the one that name that gets tossed around the most, I'd say, is House Speaker Pro Tem Blaine Finch. He's a Republican from Ottawa. He is an attorney himself. Um I actually talked with him a bit about this on Saturday at the GOP convention. He didn't, he, he said, you know, he's kind of waiting until after uh, the end of the legislative session to make any decisions, which further underscores just how early all this is. But he's a pretty strong uh, name that's gotten thrown out. I've also seen Senator Kelly Warren, who's chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. I think you. She, you know, you reported on her a, a lot. Her work on the uh, on, on chemo bill. Yeah, and uh, I, I can imagine she's if if she does run, she's going to use that as part of her campaign platform, saying, "Hey, look, I I know I I, I protected government, you know, from you. You know, I I I took away those COVID restrictions from you, and I'm going to do the same kind of thing as a AG. I I could see that happening and value them both too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. another big, and we should say. That'll be an interesting dynamic for the primary race as well, because value them both will be on the August 2022 ballot. Could bring out more conservative voters and could maybe favor Kobach, I think, in that case. Well, and it's interesting to take note. He mentioned that very explicitly during his campaign announcement rally press conference thing he had today in Wichita, where he was saying, I'm going to protect um the right to life, and and you all need to get out there and support value them both. So you're kind of already seeing signs that he might be trying to tap into that. Um, for other, uh, just another name I'm going to toss out there because it's been high profile in recent months, uh, Shawnee County District Attorney Mike Kage has been tossed around. He has not commented on those rumors. They are really just rumors. I just want to be clear. But um, we should say at the moment he's had pretty high profile couple years uh, between the Gene Sullen Trap case, which we've discussed on air, and the case involving Congressman Steve Watkins, former Congressman Steve Watkins. So maybe you could use that as a rent for higher office, but uh, but it's all right. And there, there will be inevitably more folks who who consider throwing their hat in the in the ring as well. So it's and on the Democrat side, Kind of a big question mark, but you you have a name, right? That you you I mean we're looking at this a lot, morning. A lot of people, you know, more on the grassroots level. Um, you know, they're trying they're trying to recruit, and I think I think she has publicly said to one of the other outlets that she is maybe considering it. Um, but uh, she's the wife of Brent Water. Um, I believe her name is not off the top of my head right now. Um, but Brent Water. While Andrew is searching his name up, uh, Brent Water. If you if you don't if you guys don't remember, I believe it was a while back when Cherise Davis was you know first running for Congress. Uh, one of her opponents, um, you know, was with Brent Water himself, and Brent Water uh, was kind of like the Bernie Sanders kind of backed. 
a favorite candidate against the more moderate Rashid Tlaib's for that third congressional seat. Chris, Christy Wilder. Christy Wilder. There you go. Um, and so, so Brent Wilder, you know, I mean, Bernie Sanders, even, and I believe even AOC, Ocasio Cortez, they even came out to Kansas to campaign for, for Wilder. So that that kind of shows you kind of at what wavelength uh, that this this candidate, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, she's a separate person; she has her own probably political views. But I mean, you could also kind of assume that they kind of share this kind of almost the same kind of you know ideological strain. But you know, kind of that um, very very progressive you know kind of uh, ideology. So a lot of people are you know are tossing that name out on the Democratic side, and um, yeah, it would, be, it would be interesting to see if she if she actually does run or not. Well, I think, you know, if Democrats are going to be successful, they are going to need to coalesce around a candidate earlier rather than later, because, you know, if, if you're going to try and benefit from the Republicans slugging it out in the primary, you want to have a candidate who's getting that message out there, that they're the alternative, you know, early. And I think, you know, you, I also could see a, a potential um, opportunity. You know, the last time the Democrats won the attorney general seat was... Um, a guy named Paul Morrison, who was a Republican, flipped, changed parties to Democrat, and was the district attorney out in Johnson County, and he beat Phil Klein, a very controversial candidate. Um, Paul Morrison would leave office under the cloud of a sex scandal shortly thereafter, so the Democrats probably would not want to repeat that part of this equation. But, you know, much as Laura Kelly found a lot of appeal to moderates, in 2018, you know, they're probably going to want to find a candidate who can replicate that. Uh, yeah, that's that, that, that's fair. Um, or not, as the case may be. You know, that, that's 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 an equally divisive point. <laughs> yeah, in 2020, I know, I know a few political experts are curious just to see if Trump's hold has actually genuinely increased on Kansas or if it was just kind of a one-time thing that happened in uh, 2020. Yeah. Because, I mean, it seems like, you know, this kind of gets off track a bit here, but you know what what Brownback did, former Congressman Brownback did was you know kind of really increase like purge the moderate part of the Republican Party and increase the conservativeness. Um, and then people were thinking, you know, after you know when when Governor Kelly won, oh, that was kind of a repu- repudiation of of that con- that, that ultra conservatism and narrator voice. It was not. What narrator voice? It was not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. But then, you know, we go back to 2020, and it seems like, oh no, they, no, Kansas voters do want that conservatism that that Brownback, you know, kind of helped initiate, and Trump really accelerated that. So right now, a lot of our experts are, you know, kind of want to see, you know, both with this attorney general's race and with the governor's race and with everything else, you know, if if 2022 will be kind of like a further acceleration of making, you know, of Kansas becoming more and more red and more conservative, or you know, will actually switch back and prefer more more moderate. Um, I guess voices. So yeah, I think it's safe to say there's going to be a lot more ink spilled on all of this over the next 16 months. And if you want to read where we spill the ink, cjonline.com is the place to go. Or you know you can just follow us on Twitter too. We we share all of our work there. Titus, where can they find you? Titus 100. And I am at Andrew Ball B A H L. And as always, this podcast where we take everything, we chill it down. We drop every Monday at 10 a.m. sharp. Be there or be square. Titus is not sure. Oh, no, some, most, most times at 10 a.m. sharp, yeah. 
except when we're busy. But yeah, yeah, 10 a.m. Um, you can find our podcast cjonline.com or anywhere else you find podcasts like Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. And we will see you next Monday.